You're listening to the Evolving Truths Podcast, featuring mother-daughter hosts, Shannon Day and Alexis Ray, where honest and vulnerable conversations about personal growth create a connection between all of us. You're invited to experience the transformation that occurs when we allow the truth of who we are to evolve. Hello, you beautiful heart and soul. Welcome back to the Evolving Truths Podcast. I'm Alexis Ray, and with me is my mama, Shannon Day. How are you doing, mama? I am doing well. How are you? I'm great. I just hit my funny bone. We're trying to keep it together. Is it very funny? It wasn't too bad. I got a little bit of the feeling down the middle of my wrist, you know, when it like sends the waves, but we're making it through here. I think it's an oxymoron that we call it a funny bone because to me, it's never funny when you hit that thing. It hurts. It does. It really is painful, but you do it anyways, or you just keep going because you can't change it. When you hit your funny bone? Yeah. Try and shake it off, you know, and then just, mm-hmm. ugh, inevitably, it's probably going to happen again someday. I'm sure. But the shelf has been here for a while. And honestly, that's really the first time I remember hitting myself on it so my odds are pretty good there uh knock on wood I just knocked on it (laughs) well I'm excited that we're here today we know that last week we shared a conversation that we had with our friend Laura Williams and talked about the journey to living our most authentic lives the journey to becoming our most authentic selves I know I learned a lot in the conversation dug into some things I hadn't in a while. And we hope that you all enjoyed it as well. I think I really took away from that conversation, the perspective of everyone doing the best they can with what they have, discussing some of the hurdles that we each commonly face in our own journey to embracing our most authentic self and aligning our life with that version of ourselves. Today's episode, we're going to be diving right back into it with this journey of living our most authentic lives and being our most authentic selves in our lives. How do you keep going when it is uncomfortable, when it is a struggle, when there is pushback? And Laura really kicks off this conversation with a courageous question to my mom. We enjoyed the conversation. We're glad we're here and we hope you do too. Shannon, when you were talking about, we called you Mama Shan, and Lex, when you were saying that when you watched your mom take these steps towards her more authentic self, that that was a pivotal moment for you to see, man, what's more mothering than that? Like, what is more exactly what a mother is supposed to be than, let me show you how to live authentically. Let me show you how to give and receive and be genuine and make mistakes and learn from them. As much as you were learning, you were teaching and and you continue to do that. What a, what a beautiful mother. It would not be true to say that when mom went through that, that I was like, yeah, girl, you got this. And I've apologized to mom and owned that. Not that I needed to apologize, but as I got older, I was like, wow, how shitty, like you had to go through that all by yourself. 
And I'm sorry that I didn't understand what you were doing and you still paved the road. How did you make those steps? How did you find the courage to keep moving forward towards your authentic self? One of the first parts was owning my behaviors and things that I had said and done that were hurtful to Alexis, apologizing for them, offering to do whatever it was that she wanted or needed me to do to show that. I had to reach a point. Thank you, Dr. Sandy. Um, Mm -hmm. I had to reach a point of forgiveness to myself, which I think is always the hardest thing probably for any of us to do. I did the best that I could at the time with the knowledge that I had. Mm -hmm. And assuring Alexis that I loved her and that I was there when she was ready. Alexis and I did therapy together. We both also did our own work and I trusted the process. I trusted that if I was true to myself and went through the process of the separation and the divorce and the years following it, if I was authentic, she would see that at some point. And I'm so grateful that she did. When we're stepping into our most authentic selves, every relationship gets rocked, rattled, rippled. So... In our case, we had two people that were fully committed to the work. It was a mom and daughter, which the honesty, I had to tell mom what hurt me. Mom had to tell me what hurt her, but we were both in. And I think sometimes when we are stepping into our most authentic selves and we have these different layers of relationships like Mom and I have talked previously about using a target as an example of relationships, like your core people are the ones at the center and then everyone else just gets more like tertiary, I think is the word. And that was really hard for me when I went through stepping into my authentic self because I was holding all of my relationships like in that circle. And then as I started setting my boundaries and setting how I wanted to be treated and not just like accepting shit, that was a big ripple effect. So when we talk about stepping into our authentic selves and the different relationships that get affected, to me, me and my mom coming out on the other side was because we had two people that were all in. And we can use my mom and dad's separation and divorce as an example of like what happens when one person is in and one person isn't, right? Like there was a period of separation where Each of them were, quote unquote, working on things. And then how much of that work really only ends up on the positive side of things when both people are all in. And in their case, that wasn't the case. So when I think about my mom and I's success of being able to get to where we are and compare it to other relationships in my life that are no longer relationships in my life, I see that because not everybody's not going to give up. Or willing to accept you as you do step more fully into your authentic self. And that's going to hurt and cause some pain at times. 
but I know that the people I'm surrounded with appreciate me for me and give me space to truly be myself. And at the same time, will challenge me, will question me. Lex, you and I do that with each other. I do that in my friendships. I don't just want someone to go, okay, and pat me on the head. Everything's <laughs> fine. It's accepting me fully and also challenging me sometimes. I don't know if that ever answered your initial question or not, Lexis, but that was a journey in itself. I don't remember my original question now, but you mentioned when we're really starting to recognize the changes that we want to make when it comes to our authentic self, it's like, what are we doing and how are we doing them? And a question that took it even further and deeper for me was starting to analyze, why am I doing it this way? Mm -hmm. Where did this unconscious thought pattern behavior come from? Let me get to the root cause of why I'm thinking that this is the way that it has to be done or the pattern of behavior. Rooting that down for me was a big part of my emotional authentic journey. Yeah. How did I create this belief system? I wrote down while we were talking, like for me, it became a recognition that I don't think I ever thought critically about mm. much when mm. I was younger. And when I say younger, I mean like five years ago. And it wasn't like I just believed everything anybody told me, but I didn't have any kind of critical thinking about it. What is it that makes me think this? And that under like digging, I mean, there's so much underneath it all. And I kept digging and kept digging and keep digging and keep digging. And it's so, it, it just astounds me how little critical thinking I've done in my past and how, Amen. yeah, gosh. And if I take one step back and say, why do I believe this? Why is this a trigger for me? What am I feeling right now? Like, honestly, taking a look at that again, it seems so not profound. Think twice about that thought or that belief you have about somebody or something or yourself. But it's not as easy as that seems like it is. So I'm really challenging myself to take a breath. This is also in my judgment of others and judgment of self. Like I make snap judgments. And if I would take a breath and be like, wait a minute, let me think about why that person might be doing that. Or let me think about why I'm feeling this way. Even just that little pause that's where all of the growth is that's where all of the learning is in that little pause power in, in the, the pause. pause i didn't mean to throw that softball at you but i guess i did <laughs> power in the pause i'd like to go back to something that you said laura about acting like you knew something when you didn't and taking the time to recognize for yourself where that comes from. You said honoring the part of you that feels like you need to act like you know something that you don't. And I'm going to throw out a little reframe here. Let's all honor the part of ourselves that doesn't know. Yep. 
it's okay to not know everything about everything. Like is it, even, is it really okay? <laughs> maybe not, <sighs> but I don't know. I was just the way that you said that. I was like, oh, that's good. But then I was like, no, let's honor the part of us that doesn't know because that's the space where the growth comes from. That's the space where learning more things comes from. And now to the next thing that you just said about judgment, because that is ingrained in me deep. So it's something that I work on continuously and something that I have utilized a lot in the past. And as you were saying it, I thought maybe I should start to do this again. Like when I'm judging someone's actions or thinking, oh, I don't think I really like that person. I would challenge myself to get to know them better. And I would often find that if I got to know them just a little bit better, it helped alleviate some of those feelings of judgment and even some of those like, oh, I don't really like that person. And not that necessarily a amazing friendship was formed or a deep connection, but it helped me work on judging. Yeah. Being curious, taking mm-hmm. one moment to be curious and that could be applied to myself too, right? Like I have all these things that I feel like, oh, I should just change that or my behavior. This is something I, you know, negative or But what if I got curious about that and thought about like, well, why did that start? Or where does this feeling or behavior come from? And yeah, getting to know somebody like just taking a moment to be curious and we can be more connected to each other if we do that. That's a really good perspective. I give you mad kudos for implementing that because we don't know their stories. Mm -hmm. And now don't get me wrong, because I had at least one incident today where I hardcore was like, what is this person thinking? And again, like you said, mom, even with the self-forgiveness, like everyone is just doing the best they can with what they have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had a lot of opportunity to forgive actions from my family growing up. And I'm so grateful to be able to be on this side of it where I can say and honestly mean and believe you did the best with what you knew and it's forgiveness and I can still honor that those things were hurtful or that wasn't Mm -hmm. the best situation I could have been in Mm -hmm. but I 100% believe what my parents did was the best that they knew and There is nothing I can hold against them for that. And also, when we know better, we do better. And I do expect newness. That is the same thing for me forgiving myself for stuff. Like, I did what I did to survive. And survive sounds like a really dramatic word, but it was true emotionally to survive. I was never in any kind of setting where I was like physically unsafe for the most part. But I, when I made choices as a kid and as a young person, I did what I needed to protect my emotional life. And, and those things were not always great and they were selfish and they were childish. And sometimes they were mature beyond my age, but I did what I needed to do And I don't regret that. And I won't apologize for those things. And I don't expect my family to apologize for those things. 
I don't expect an apology. What I want now is let's grow forward. I love that. Like I strive to just take one second and not be judgmental and say, what are they going through? What do they know? Like people don't know everything and I don't know everything. And what I know isn't always right. And it's not right for everybody. So yeah, it's an interesting place to be in my own head where I think the way I do it is the right way. And yet on the other side, I'm also in my head being like, you always mess it up. Like to me, come on self, you screwed that up again. It's such a funny thing to think I'm always right and know I'm always wrong. (laughs) Staying on the self-forgiveness track, I don't know for each of you in your authentic journey, but that was probably one of the hardest hills for me to get over personally. Mm -hmm. Laura, I think I was really resonating with what you were saying. To grant my self-forgiveness and to grant the little Lex, my soul self, the child inside of me, I was judging my child self through my adult lens. Which is what was making my behaviors, my traumas, my responses unforgivable because I quote unquote should have known better or I finally got the knowledge of like how bad everything was and then realized like, oh, this is unforgivable. But at the same time, I could grant forgiveness to other people. I could acknowledge like, hey, we're human. Nobody's going to get it perfect. It's okay. Here's my forgiveness, but I could not give it to myself. And it took 11 years of therapy. It took several breakdowns before I ever even got to that level where I could say to my therapist out loud, these are the things I'm ashamed of. And why am I ashamed of it? And initially after airing your dirty laundry for the first time, and you're still at the point where it's like, yeah, there is no forgiveness for this. And then you go around that corkscrew how many times over and over again. And eventually I get to the point where it's like, six-year-old me was doing the best she could with what she had. (laughs) And like, it's okay. And I can forgive her for that. I really have struggled with when I forgive myself. And then I have a fear of people looking at me and being like, essentially, you don't deserve to have forgiven yourself the things you have done are are unforgivable. How dare you go around living joyously when I've created these, you know, yeah, hurts in my life. That's one of the things I struggle with. And sometimes that brings me down. I'm like, oh yeah, I shouldn't be happy right now. I don't deserve this. That person doesn't think I deserve it. They're right. Like that kind of gets back in there. Laura, that resonates really deeply for me because the boogie monsters of my life scared the shit out of me like if anyone in my life found out of these secrets that I have been carrying my whole life like no one would forgive me no one would talk to me I would like I would cease to exist on this earth if this ever came out and because of that fear I didn't want to put myself into the world authentically Mm -hmm. I didn't want to grow a social media following because I was like, I can't be an example to people. I didn't want to start a podcast because who am I to talk about personal development when I have these sins from my past? It stopped me from embracing the potential. 
And eventually, once I got to the point where I could forgive myself and look at my childhood actions and behaviors in that moment, as opposed to judging it through my adult lens, now I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, if I ever accidentally run into someone in person and they're like, how dare you be this in life? You'd be like, you know what? I did the best I could with what I had. This was childhood behavior. This was this, this was that. Like once I forgave myself, that became less scary. I think that's kind of a day-to-day thing too, right? Maybe smaller, less significant actions, but I guess that's humility, right? Like People have a right to feel the way they feel about ways I've treated them. And my job is to be humble and allow that to be their feeling, hear it, validate it. And it's not all that I am. And what can I do to repair? Is there amends to make? Do those things. And the way people feel about me isn't my business. Or your responsibility. That to me brings this conversation full circle unintentionally, but brings us back to that space of our responsibility is to live authentically. Mm. It's to be us. You guys remember that poem? It was in a movie, Our Deepest Fear, and often credits given to the wrong people for it. A woman Do you know who she is? Yeah, a I read her book last it. year. The author is Marianne Williamson. Let me turn to love. Oh, you talked about that book, Alexis. Yeah, girl. I recommend picking this up. Just the opening. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. And so if we recognize that for ourselves, then any others who maybe want to point a finger at us or question, how can you be happy based on these things that you've done, Mm -hmm. recognizing maybe they've got some work to do Mm -hmm. and are dealing with some things. And so remembering that can be really key. Then she goes on to say like, Something about our, our light shining gives other people permission to shine. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what it's about. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we're liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. There's a sales training that we do at Hub that it's called Ninja Selling, and they have us read that poem. And they have us read it in the first person, uh, as opposed to like, it's not our light, but it's my light. Just really knocks the wind out of you to feel that when you say it, when I say it in the first person. I bet that's a powerful exercise. Everything, yeah. Thank you, Marianne Williamson. The book is called A Return to Love. If you have not read this book, I have it on my list as one of the most impactful books of my entire life. I believe this book has magic in it just as much as Women Who Run With Wolves. And you all know how I feel about that book as well. Well, This conversation brought about some tears that I was not expecting. And 
Also, just so you know, Laura, mom was planning on facilitating this conversation. Yeah, it lent itself to some conversation I did not plan on having, but I enjoyed it. And as always, Lexis, I learned from you and Laura, every interaction with you is amazing and a moment I remember. Thank you, friend. Thanks for being here, Laura. Yeah, thank you for having me. So as we end this discussion about the journey to become our authentic selves, a journey that has no end, Laura, we have one more question for you. This is the Evolving Truths podcast. So what is the truth that is currently evolving for you? What I feel like is changing is my willingness or courage to take the action that I'm afraid of, particularly how it relates to my relationships. I have at least one person that I know I need to have a hard conversation with about a response they had to me talking about something that had to do with race. And their response was brutal and heartbreaking. And so that conversation has to be had because I love this person and I want to get to the other side of this. So for me, that evolving truth is that I have the courage to do that and without attachment to the outcome. I need to be my authentic self without attachment to the outcome. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks for asking it. That was killer. Mom, what's one truth that's evolving for you? A truth that is currently evolving for me, I would say it's my relationship with alcohol. Mm. And there's so much in that, but I'm just going to leave it at that right now. Nice. One truth that is evolving for me right now as I go back to work is that my career cannot come before my health. And my health is what allows me to function in my career. It is still evolving for me that I have to put my health first. So for all of you, think about that question. What is the truth that is currently evolving for you? Have a discussion with a friend or a family member, just like we did today with Laura. Laura, thank you again so much for joining us and being here. We love getting to have these conversations with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. If mom and I are totally your cup of tea, please follow the show. Please leave a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you are listening and share this show with someone that you would like to have a conversation with or that you think could take something away from today's conversation. We will be back next week. But until then, please remember... Life is beautiful and you create the magic. Have a good one. Connect with Shannon and Alexis in the Evolving Truths community by visiting evolvingtruthspodcast.com. Links are in the show notes. The artwork for this project was created by Julie B. Salazar and is entitled Celebration from the Inner Landscape Print Series. The Evolving Truths podcast is produced and edited by Shannon Day and Alexis Ray, recorded from the Corner Studio in conjunction with Alexis Ray Enterprises, LLC.